What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Uh, you know, it's a holiday. Got a lot going on with the family. Same thing with Kyle. So, uh, we weren't able to get you guys a brand new episode. But, we did bring you back an OG episode from 2018. And, uh, you know, these old episodes are fun to go back and listen to and see how wrong we were or how crazy we were or the things we said. So, I hope you enjoy yourselves. hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And I want you all to know how thankful we are for you guys rocking with us listening or supporting or even hating it all matters to us we appreciate it so hope you enjoy this og episode of the outsider's edge thechairshot.com always use your head warning the outsider's edge contains strong opinions unconventional views and contrarian stances Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. a.k.a. Ray Cash, and I am here after a very busy Survivor Series weekend. First, let me introduce my uh, brother-in-arms, my golden lover's brethren, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's happening, man? How you doing? Good evening. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our folks out there in listener land. It is a good holiday. That's what I'll call it. Good holiday. Well, you you had, it was right there for you. You could have said glorious. It was right there for you. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to give Face Bobby Roode any kind of credit. He turned <laughs> or just Bobby Roode in general. You mean future tag team champion Bobby Roode? And That's by gross. the way, on Raw, where the tag team division is so trash they couldn't even beat SmackDown. Uh, well, that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah, the only team that Raw lost on was the tag teams. But I know you guys heard another voice. Yes, the forgotten prodigal son is back. He's returned. Welcome back. Your boy Carl Irving. Carl. Yeah. Hey. I'm like the I'm like a guest now. I just show up sometimes as a guest. It's basically what I am. No, let me tell you what you are. You are you're Stephen A when he's in studio. Cause that shit never happens. <laughs> that shit okay. Never that's happens. Good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's, All got on assignment. That's amazing. I didn't even think about it. that's really good. That's a good that's solid. Thank you. Yeah, uh well, welcome. You know, thanks for having me. I um Thanksgiving. I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Are you cutting? You said it was a. You said it was a great holiday, huh? Are you going to cut a promo on Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I might. Cut a you know, just, promo on let me finish. Oh. I want to say that we were just talking about how Thanksgiving is this glorious holiday, right? This is the first year in forever. I think I'm not actually having like a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. We are going, and the elite will be proud. We are going to fucking Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving <laughs> this year. 
fucking first time in my like I can't I don't even think I've ever gone out to eat on Thanksgiving in my life. Nobody wants to cook this year. We're all busy and tired and like fuck this. We're going to Cracker Barrel. You're a fucking hipster, bro. We'll be making a delicious Thanksgiving meal and I will eat everything that he makes and I will be very grateful for that. I'm grateful for Cracker Barrel. And you know, here's the thing. The server doesn't know because I always pick up the tip when we go, like when my family goes places, they always, they buy, they'll pay and I'll grab the tip. I used to wait tables. So the server doesn't know it's a holiday and I hated working holidays when I waited tables. She's got a uh, 50 spot waiting on her. Hey, if you, that if, day. since you're feeling froggy, why don't you, why don't you bump to a hundred? You, I, well, you know, I'm not that rich. Not rich at all, really. So well, I, may dro- I may drop it down to 40 just thinking about the fact that I said 50. So, you know. The people don't know that because you're working all day. Away 50, I'll take $50. <laughs> not well, that, I mean, yeah. you're not doing anything. So I don't, you know, I, you're just, you're right now you're just sitting there in a chair. So I don't know. Like, not just. Are you going to bring me a delicious meal tomorrow, Kyle? Not just any chair, a handmade Amish rocking chair. Yeah, because- but you didn't hand make it. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was made by real Amish people in Amish country because my mom's old school. Why do the Amish only just build furniture? Because they're badass at furniture. But like, 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 what would the world be like if the Amish were like, they created Hewlett Packard and Apple? Well, then they wouldn't be very Amish because that kind of goes against the whole no electricity. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. That's true. That's a fair point. Well, y'all, we're off to we're off to a good start. I'm saying I know you guys listen to hear wrestling, but when 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 Carl is here, you know, shit goes Can't. left. Yeah. Well, Carl doesn't watch wrestling, so I have to go off topic. This is a good point. <laughs> a wrestling podcast host who doesn't watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Where you know what wrestling he should have watched this weekend? Takeover. Look at the journalist over here. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so if you lived on, if you're like living under a rock, Survivor Series weekend just finished. Um, NFC Takeover on Saturday, War Games, Survivor Series, uh, the 32nd edition. Um, on Sunday, of course, we're on SmackDown Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so I mean, we're gonna kind of run through the shows. We're not gonna give you a full fledged review because every other podcast world has done that. But NFC Takeover War Games, I don't know how they continue to up the quality of each takeover over and over and over again. You think that you can't go another level and then Triple H, AKA Daddy Paul finds another way to up the shit. So um, y'all let me know, man. What did y'all think about the show? I want to well, talk first. Cause I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, this is going to, I want to, I just want to, I know I want to answer y'all's question. I want to answer your question about how they're able to up the game. I think what it is, is they got so much talent right now that they're able to literally find guys who have chemistry everywhere. Like, I mean, Champa and Dream, right? Like, that's a match we haven't really seen before, right? So that's why they're able to up the levels. They're able to tell these stories because everyone seems to have chemistry together. There's just so – all these guys are so good from whatever walk of life they come from, whether it's the independent scene or – you know, Velveteen came from tough enough, you know, like, I mean, these guys, they, the crop of talent is so good. It's like impossible for them to fail. Well, it seems like if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. But impossible to fail is not something that you can say. Cause there's many have who you thought have been impossible to fail and have failed. I think the biggest issue, and I'm going to hand it over to Kyle after I say this, but I think the biggest issue 
is that number one, they're booking for a different audience so that their producers produce the matches differently than the main roster, number one. And number two, um, NXT is essentially a super indie. So super indies book differently than main than mainstream companies. Unless your name, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> unless your name is New Japan. But um, yeah, they just they every the way they structure their matches, or dare I say, allow the talent to structure their matches is just way different than the main roster. Well, I want to give them a shout out for sneaking the formula into Takeover. Um, we had mentioned how this Takeover was originally going to break the formula because there were only four matches announced, and they snuck that Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono match in at the very beginning of the show that lasted all of 20 seconds. Um, Blink and you would have missed it. Yeah. But they snuck that fifth match into that motherfucker and hit their formula. And and, and I love how, how Triple H said that, oh, well, we need the extra time because we got the two out of three falls match. This shit was over in like 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, the two out of three falls match was pretty short. Um, it was good. For though. me, match of the night was Alistair and Johnny Wrestling. So, um, yeah. Um, so if you really want a good kind of recap of the Alistair story in that match, go listen to Ricky and Clive. They just dropped today, Wednesday. Um, but essentially Clive felt like the imagery was super, not only heavy, but important that him coming out with the demon, uh, with the, uh, horns, if you will. And one of his uh, boots had demon horns on it was essentially him saying, I still have one foot in hell. And Johnny saying that, you know, uh, I'm sitting up. I was scared of the dark, but I'm starting to like it here. And Alster being almost a satanic priest was like, no, son, you're not ready to be in the dark yet. Which is why he hit the coldest line ever spit in a wrestling ring. I absolve you of your sins. And he blackmasked the heel out of Johnny Gargano. He literally blackmasked the entire alignment out of a wrestler. It's, it must, and think about it. The black mask, it, the, the imagery is so powerful if you put it all together. And yeah, that that I'll never forget that match. I want to interject a little something here. So this this got me just got me thinking like it. Gets me on a little bit of not a tangent really, but like okay, you know how independent wrestling fans, okay, you know how some independent wrestling fans think they're smarter than everyone else. Oh, that's why you had to fix that. Okay, <laughs> I can see that. Oh yeah, you know how they, you know how they think that though. Yeah. Well, some of them think that. You ever wonder if this is why? Like we're breaking down this match, right? You know, you're breaking it down like. He, he said this line and the imagery and, like, he kicked the heel out of him, right? Mm-hmm. And so the average fan probably doesn't really catch that stuff, right? Not and that. I think that's that's why independent fans think they're so damn smart is because they see this and they're like, oh, the message. Look at the message. You know what I mean? And I think maybe that's what gives them that, that willingness or that um, – I don't know what the right word is, but that want to mm-hmm. to win someone who's a casual just says one thing. They're like, oh, blah, 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 you know, and just start rabbling on about whatever the case may be and why they make shit on like an average fan for not being a real fan, quote unquote, or whatever. I don't know. Like, 
it's just a connection that like when you said that it kind of clicked in my head you know yeah i'm sure that plays a part but also let's just say diehards not independent fans but diehards i think it's more of a diehard thing we look for that shit right we're looking for the extra little piece you know what i mean right you, you feel me like kyle like when we see especially like so you're notorious for explaining um new japan feuds to me and how even though they don't have any episodic way to to, to follow storylines you have to look at the little subtleties in the matches before the matches after the matches in the press conference in the entrance like the little subtleties and or, or in the match they'll do a little spot or something that and so and that's not something that you're a regular fan would think of but because we're diehards we look for that shit you know what i mean sure i just don't think it like it necessarily gives the license for people to be dicks oh. just because you know they oh i noticed this one thing and now all of a sudden i'm gonna shit on you know joe blow number one who's like oh nxt takeover was cool you know like i mean it's just that's just kind of something that got me thinking about just now so already but Carl, I'm smarter than them, and my opinion matters more. I know. That's that's my whole point. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I just wish there weren't so many smart fans out there that are dicks, because like it, it hurts the community as a whole when like you come at people with that whole like I know more than you about this, that, and the other. It's cool to know shit. Just don't like put yourself on a pedestal. That's all I, I'm saying. I think that thought process jumped the shark when we thought we knew more than the actual fucking wrestlers who wrestle. Right, and all that's fair. People like Cause... people who do that shit drive me fucking nuts. Yeah, like, you only know so much. Stop armchair quarterbacking. Yeah, the spot you did was wrong here. You should have done this, bitch. I did the spot. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano was not only tremendously powerful from a story perspective, but as one of the hardest hit. That might be the best striking WWE match in years, maybe ever. Because the striking was impeccable. It was brutal. It was dangerous. I felt like I needed to take a few Advils after the match because I was hurting just watching them. Um, there's a part where Johnny Gargano does a dive. And this was his second dive of the match. And Alistair catches him with a flying knee as he's diving. And there is no way to, to, to catch that shit. That's straight knee on jaw. And like... Whew. Um, yeah, so you think that's the best match of the night, Kyle? Yeah, for me, that was my match of the night. Um, nothing against the War Games match, but, like, I don't know. I thought that match was the most story-driven and the most clean. Well, tell me how you feel about War Games, because you know the new War Games with the top being off, and they went back to the original rules in that it's alternating guys and not the whole team, since it's 4-on-4. Four four. But, you know, with the top being off and allowing for a lot of high-flying, even though that's where the business is now. A lot of older fans who watch the old-school um, war games, like in the 80s and shit, kind of got issues with it. What did you think? I don't have issues with that. My thing with war games is kind of my same thing with, like, Hell in the Cell and a lot of the other, like, more hardcore gimmick matches is you they're not allowed to be super hardcore anymore. And I'm not saying that they should be like beating the shit out of each other the way that they did 20 years ago. Cause like we know enough now about how fucking bad that is for your long-term health that I understand why they don't allow that, but it takes away a lot of the impact to some of these gimmicky matches in my opinion. 
Um, and once again, I will say that I was not impressed with the utilization of both rings. They could have utilized both rings better. I think they did a damn good job of it as compared to last year. Oh, they didn't better than last year for sure. Especially, yo, that, so I'm uh, clearly, you guys know, I'm big on imagery, right? The shit matters, the shit you remember moments. That moment where team faces on one side and the unspeeded errors on the other, and they all stand up and they like start walking towards each other. Yo, that's some shit that's going to be played back on every replay until the end of time. Like, oh, that, that was, was awesome. Spot. That was a great spot. Uh, uh, can you imagine Pete Dunne wrestled that entire match with a broken bone in his foot? Fucking crazy, man. I mean, Pete Dunne's a badass. I don't know why this why this surprises you. I know everybody else is going to be like, oh, Ricochet is their favorite person from Team Face, but nah, man, Bruiserweight, all the way. Bruiserweight is, yes. I, for me, I like Bruiserweight more than Ricochet, but Hanson, I think, might have been the MVP of that match. I told you he would be. You did. Listen you back to the early. show. I told you he would be. Warbeard Hanson is a badass. He is the nimblest big man they got right now. 300 pounder doing springboards and shit. Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, moving around like a cruiserweight. The, the second he got into the ring, like maybe two minutes afterwards, he was the second guy to come in for Team Face. He did a minute's worth of running clotheslines into the corners. Like, a minute's worth not slowing down. And to start the match, the match was almost 45 minutes. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um... Anybody who's seen War Machine you know. in any of the other companies that they've worked in is not surprised by that. No. Hanson no. is bad. Yes, they and they, they proved themselves, and they will be getting a tag title shot again soon, I'm, I imagine. The first uh, time I saw War Raiders, yeah. uh, was it like some random-ass indie show? You and were, I remember they were, wow. yeah, they were, they were, um, this one was in Oklahoma city and they were wrestling the Hardy boys. Uh, oh, when, when, yeah. when Matt was still in TNA when and I was in world tour. Yeah. And so, um, I remember thinking like, who the fuck are these guys? Like I've never seen them before. These guys are incredible. Like even working with the stiff ass Hardy boys who like can barely move anymore. You know what I mean? I was Thoroughly impressed. So, yeah, I kind of had a feeling as soon as they got called to jump ship to WWE that they were going to be pretty special anyway. So, I know a lot of people don't really see I see – seems like a lot of people aren't as here for them as I thought they might be, though. Well, it is, there was a lot of – so, wrestling fans are a lot like indie music fans in that they want – if they ever if, – if their band ever gets the big contract, they want them to be who they were when they were indie, right? Oh yeah, okay. War Machine had War Machine had to change a little bit. First one was the name to War Raiders pissed a lot of people off, even though it's the most simple change ever. You know, um, it's just copyright thing, y'all. It's that's all it that. is. Yes, and I mean, and again, War Machine is a copyrighted name with Marvel. He's a, a superhero, so like, it would have been hard to kind of copyright that to sell merch. And there's also some connotations with that dude who beat up. Um, don't start that. Know. So I don't because I because I had me and Peter Rosenberg were like fighting back to back. Oh yeah, day. no, no, I'm not like <laughs> I just that might also yes. factor into your Maybe. decision to change Possibly. your name, you know. Possibly. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about Champa Dream for a second, but I have to mention that Io Shirai is amazing. This chick did a first and foremost, she jumped, she jumped to the, uh, she jumped to the top rope. Then so full, such a smooth little transition up to the top. Yes, 
and and went to the top and did a full moonsault in skinny jeans and heels. Saw that picture. Like, Amazing picture. If you haven't got seen like, if you yeah. haven't seen it. The picture is perfect because she's like, when she's the way she, she when she flips and she's vertical. Yeah, it's like war and games, in between. Like <laughs> she's in between it, and you can like you can see the the board up there. You know the the whatever you want to call that Titan Tron thing or whatever. It's amazing. So yeah. I t- so I you, told I told y'all that it was gonna be Team Four Horsewomen versus Team Japan. I was wrong. It's not Team <clears> Japan. It's Team Oceania. Yeah, because uh, Dakota, the yeah, jobber yeah. extraordinaire of the women's division. Dakota. Yeah, no, she is. Okay, she absolutely so she is. That's the fast woman. She absolutely is the jobber extraordinaire. She's she's there to kick a few people and keep losing. Yep, she's there to make some kicks and to catch some ass Hey, hey, Carl, Scott, you want to say something? Nah, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> she does have a nice finisher, though, if she ever, you know, gets to win a match. I don't know, man. Like it, yo. So it, it just, it just does. It's, 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 it doesn't look realistic enough for me. And I don't mean like she needs to actually. It, it's, it takes too much to get to it. It's cool, it's different, but damn, it takes a lot to get First there. of all, Dakota is the Kingslayer. I know y'all saw the video game. I know you saw her beating up on in, Seth Rollins in the video game. In She's in the new Kingslayer. Wrestling. Yes, in fake wrestling, sure. <laughs> well, wait, what? <laughs> it's a, it's all going, fake keep wrestling. Going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I'm not defending Dakota Kai tonight. You are, you guys. We, we understand that you have an opinion and that it's wrong. Thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, we don't have to spend too much time on this. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's not his fault. We all know that only one per or one group has the correct opinion on everything. And who is that, Kyle? Tonga. The Tonga. independent wrestling fans. Oh, please no. No, God no. No, no. Tonga. They're yeah. right. We're wrong. This we is, love them. This is the point of the show where we defer all, seed all. Everything to the tongue, yes. Yeah. No smoke wanted. None. Um, we don't have to talk about this too long because you know, takeover was great. You could say you, you could just keep talking because gushing over it. But I do want to talk about a little bit about Champa and Dream. Uh, and just the little things in that match. We all know Velveteen Dream is a star. We know that. But I love the little fact that. Take away all the Hogan stuff, which we know why he does that. That's a big troll to the dude. But he did a Triple H, Arn Anderson's Bomb Buster. He did a Shawn Michaels Kip Up. He did uh, the ring post figure four like Bret Hart. He did the real figure four in the ring like like uh, Ric Flair. He did the top of top rope uh, double axe handle to the floor like Savage. That was really his love letter to wrestling. He just said, "I'm just gonna like I was waiting for him to do a Stone Cold Stunner." Well, and I'm just, I, I know this wasn't part of that, but I just will say that I mark out for his uh, rolling Death Valley driver every time. The every rolling, time. That. Love it. The I love that move. The rolling Death Valley driver and the uh, spinning, flipping DDT. Yeah. Moves. Yes. yes. I have a question about Dream, though, while we're kind of on the subject. Yeah. First of all, two questions. Mm-hmm. With Dream, he's done the Hulkamania thing, and now he's done Hollywood Hogan. Of course, they were in L.A., you know, it makes sense for him to do Hollywood there. But my question is, we know that Hogan appeared last at Crown Jewel. He's been around recently. Um, 
And they let obviously dreams. I don't. I don't feel like Dream is walking out of the curtain wearing that attire without getting it check marked by somebody. So it feels like, like if he's trolling Hogan, I'm just curious who else in NXT doesn't give a fuck about Hogan's opinion that allows that to happen. Because I feel like it. I mean, Triple H. I don't know. Well, like I don't. Well, can I answer that real? Quick? Kyle may have something to say, but I want to answer that. Number yeah. one. Triple H really believes in artistic, artistic expression, so he lets them do pretty much what the fuck they want. Number two, the fact that you said that they can't just walk out there and nobody knows is not true because remember when they were in Brooklyn and he had Call Me Up Vince on his ass? Nobody knew about that. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, you, when you walk through that curtain, though, someone sees it. I guess yeah, maybe it's, it's just too late. late. It's too late yeah. at that point. <laughs> you about to the walk other thing I wanted to say about Dream is we've talked about this before, and I think you and I have, we've all kind of agreed that doesn't really matter if Dream wins, really, because of who he is. But do you think that'll play well if he ever win? Not not if. When he moves up to the main roster. Like, do you think that it's going to play well that he's going to, like, be in all these matches but never really gets the better of anybody? Well. I think I, it works at NXT because of who he is, I think. But I'm wondering how that'll translate. Right what are your guys' opinion is? Alignment change. Or at least a formal alignment change. Right. Yeah, he, he's he's full on baby now. I think the issue is 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 twofold. Number one, what is the character's motivations? Right. That's a big part of it, right? Before, before he turned face, if you will, <laughs> whether it's pseudo face or de facto face, whatever it is, he just cared about the spotlight. Right. Now he seems to care about actually winning. Um. So that's one. That's one thing. And number two is how does he lose? That matters. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. You're getting screwed over and over and over again. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal. But, like, the way he lost, he he took him to the limit. But the way he lost that night, it looked like he just barely lost. But it was still clean as fuck. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't think he's devalued in the eyes of the fans. But and then you know what this this group of fans nowadays, bro, like Johnny Gargano never wins. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, I'm just I'm just to me like I still think of it in my my own mentality. You know, like I don't really care about wins and losses that much, but I do think you know you kind of like he's got to he's got to hit the, he's got to hit it big at some point. Like I don't think it's just going to continue to be. He wins more than you think he does. Like. I think he's like two and two at takeover or something four, like four. that. Right. Four. four. I mean, okay, so he only won two out of four, but still, he wins every now and then. When well, I mean, I'm sure he wins on NXT, like the actual show, quite a bit. My my problem well, with this, when you expect him to win, he wins. Yes, my problem with the takeover matches is that he he the two people he beat were Cash's Ono and EC3. Yeah, yeah. He like he lost to Alistair Black and Gage. Yeah, right. He lost to Alistair Black, which he took him to his limit, but Alistair Black is a force in NXT. Um, Alistair's lost like once. Alistair Black. Twice. The goal of that storyline was to get him to say his name. Exactly. And yeah. Alistair Black yeah. said his name, so he didn't lose. He, yeah. He, he no, lost, I, no, that is, that's he fair. He lost yeah. about a one the war, yes. Right. Um, He lost in the six-man, which I, nobody faults him for that because it was a six-man ladder match. No big deal. The Ricochet loss, I feel, was the one that was like, I. And don't get me wrong, Ricochet should have won that match, but that match was about, I deserve a spotlight more than you do. 
And then, of course, he lost this to Ciampa. I mean, everybody's going to lose to Champa, man. Schizophrenic Champa, who's talking to the belt. Goldie. Well, it's kind of like the thing. Like you talk, you say like, and we're, I'm not trying to get it back into the whole ricochet. Like I try to have an argument about this, but like I would actually personally, because I prefer Dream's character over Ricochet's, and, and like in a lot and like way more because Ricochet's character is kind of whatever. It's kind of white bread to me. So I don't like. I don't. Just I think like Dream is so like layered and like there's so much behind him sure. like for me personally you know i feel like ricochet, ricochet i mean he is what he is i like him and everything but dream to me is like but i feel like he's got it but i could be i mean i could be wrong you know sure. i don't i don't know but the difference is dream has more years to still cultivate who he is that's true ricochet that's fair. is 30 plus years old and is, a, is he is really a, yeah he's a, he's, been wrestling he's like he's wrestling like 15 years well, I mean, TJP wrestled for 15 years, and he started at, like, 14. So I was just like – to me, I like – I didn't realize Ricochet was in his 30s. I thought he was in his late 20s maybe. No. A lot of those dudes are in their 30s. Like, all of the Undisputed Era guys are over 30. I believe that. I know Fish is, like, 40. No, I lied. Adam was like, like, 28. I lied. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's a good point, Rance. I yeah. didn't even think about the fact so, that he's, like, 23 or something like right. that. Like, and, and he came into the match a bigger star. Right. So, and again, like I understand booking for the future, but the beauty of the beauty of that story was, again, they've booked him so perfectly because he's not losing matches he wanted to win. He's losing match, except for this one. <clears throat> Champa match is the first one he that he lost. He wanted to win. The matches he lost, the the big ones, the Alster match and the Ricochet match, are more about my spotlight. I I want something specific out of this story. Right. I feel like he's kind of like, and we're going to talk about Survivor Series in a minute, but it's in a lot of ways to me, he kind of feels like the antithesis of like Braun Strowman. What I mean by that is like Velveteen can lose a match and it's all good because he still comes out looking amazing every single time. But nowadays with Braun, every time he loses, he just kind of looks like a fucking idiot. You want like me, that's, you know what I mean? You want me to explain that one, Kyle, or you want to take that one? Um, I mean, I'll let you have it because you're the raw guy. The Braun issue is simply this. Braun dominates everything and everybody every day of the year. And then when he comes to lose, he loses in the most dramatic, easy way possible. You know, not easy, but it's always dramatic and ridiculous or it's too... Like, he lo- like he got taken out of a match because he got thrown in a trash compactor. Right. Or, you know, or, or Lesnar beats him with one F5. Or then Lesnar beats him with five F5s and his only move he gets in the match is a kick. You know, so like that's why people look at him like you you dominate everybody every year, every every day of the year, and then all of a sudden when you lose, it's the dumbest loss ever. Yes. So that's his issue. So his losses are hard to overcome because he wins all the fucking time. When you're even kill, like Brian loses all the time, but we never think he can. But we think he can win every match because he's always. In that same level, sure. You know I mean, like that. Let me use Roman for example. Roman, not pay per view, but like on regular TV, rarely ever lost. Right. So that meant any oh, loss yeah. he took mattered, right? But the losses he takes, they mattered because he's not losing in ridiculous ways. He's just right. getting beat by somebody's best night. Bronze Louis is losing in ridiculous, stupid ass ways. Right. Yeah. Enough to annoy us. Enough to annoy him out. If I was Braun Strowman, I'd be pissed. 
No I mean, shit. Because it amounts to character assassination in a lot of ways. And the fact, it, it, it's, it's a testament to how over he really is that his character isn't wrecked. And I'm not Yet. one of those guys. You've never. No, I don't think it'll ever be wrecked because it's over, and because he'll he'll do a street. He'll do. He'll flip a he'll flip a table, or he'll flip. He'll pull down Titantron, <laughs> yeah. or he'll flip over the arena. He'll do something crazy. Well, I do think he's gonna get his eventually. Anyway, I just don't like. We've all we've talked about this ad nauseum that they had a chance to strike when the iron is hot. We're not gonna go there. Like he'll be okay. You know, we think. Yeah. Um. We don't really have to go through all the Survivor Series. The I mean, we need to, we need to talk about these main these main matches though. Uh, I'll give both of you guys something to talk about because Mr. Morris is he he uh he sits at the she sits at the throne of Queen Rebecca. And I, I worship at the altar of Rebecca Quinn. Yes, and Mr. Irvin, he sits at the throne of Miss Flair. The actual queen. Right. So seven time women's champion. Don't forget it. You guys fight. Charlotte <laughs> and Rhonda. Tell me what you thought. Where are we going? The whole nine. What y'all think? I want to hear Kyle's opinion first, because I know I think it's cute how Charlotte is like Becky Light. <laughs> okay. All right. So oh, I feel damn. like that's oh I feel God. like that's I feel like that's all he had to say about that. <laughs> no, go ahead, Kyle. If you have more to add, please, please. If please, you guys please. saw how Charlie oh, no, Peaches no, got. The other thing I want to add is I think it's really interesting the way the crowds have started reacting to Rhonda. Like, that's really interesting. She got her heat back Monday, though. You don't watch Raw. She got her heat back very quickly and easily Monday. Yeah, because she's going after Nia Jax now. And no, like, it had nothing to do with Nia. I, it had nothing to do with Nia. It had I have a rebuttal to that theory about Ronda real quick before, because Rance, I know you'll have something to say about it. But like, so the thing about with this whole Ronda thing, and the reason why I'm not so much on board with your thought on that is like, now I know beforehand, like Becky's been dragging her a lot and Ronda's terrible at Twitter. Um, so that's part of it, I think. Rhonda's defense, I think right now, literally everyone loses to Becky at Twitter because, yeah. like, yeah, oh yeah, sure. Her game is like, beware, do not trespass, will get owned. But I want, I want to remind everyone that when they have these big four pay per views, they spend four or five days in a town, and these crowds that they go to typically act differently i know it's very jb i know it's very jbl of me to say that like they boo who they hate or they boo who they love or they cheer who they hate or whatever but like it's kind of true you know like over over the time period like so like if tomorrow they were in like eat shit illinois and Rhonda comes out for monday night raw she's still gonna get pops you know because that's why i don't think I don't take too much stock into those big four pay-per-view weekends where like they're doing all the shows in one city and this, that, and the other. So I'm not really with you on that completely a little bit. I do think Rhonda's, I mean, Becky is undeniably the hottest thing in WWE right now, in my opinion, in terms of like, and I don't mean hot as in like hot cause she is hot, but you know, just like everything that's going on with her right now. I mean, whether it's somewhat by luck, because Nia clocked her in the fucking face, you know? But outside of that, she's the best thing. Women's wrestling is the best thing in WWE right now. 
period. I don't, I, if someone wants to argue with me, that's fine, but you're going to lose that argument. Yeah. No, my thing no, is, I admire John. Charlotte. Okay. The reason why Charlotte is still the queen and why she's not Becky light is because the good thing is Becky serves as a vehicle for Charlotte to realize she's been making all the wrong moves lately. Charlotte went and she's trying to like be a good guy and all this. That's not, that's not a flair. That's not what flares do. How often was Ric Flair ever a good guy? Think about it. Charlotte, and not, not to mention, there's no way in hell Becky would have pulled off that beating on Ronda like Charlotte did. I'm sorry. Charlotte is actually like an imposing woman. Like, when she was beating the shit out of Ronda, I was like, this is legit. Like, I I believe this. You know what I mean? I don't think I would get that out of Becky if Becky were to pull the same stunt. You know, outside of, I mean, with with the with the takeover thing that happened the week before, that's fair. But I don't know. I think this is a really good, and actually what I think we're leading to, and I don't, a lot of people think they're going to get Charlotte and Ronda again at Mania. I think we're probably going to get a triple threat at Mania is probably what we're going to get. That would be my guess. Between those three. I mean, that's what I would, I would love to see it, you know, but. Yeah, but I, but I just, I, I don't have a problem with triple threats and stuff, but I just kind of want to see at Mania singles. Women oh, sure. For a while. Sure. I mean, I'd be all about, no either way. Multi-women. Either um, way, but right now I feel like the way this is going, maybe. it's going to be difficult to deny all three that one spot. No, that's a good, that's a fair point. You know? So, so. Let me let me respond to Kyle first. Um, Ronda got her heat back Monday and had nothing to do with Nia. She went out there and she talked about how uh, she got her ass beat, she got beat down, but she got back up. And if you're a real champion, then you can't take any days off. You can, you got to fight hurt. You got to do this, that, and the other. And she said, "I'm defending my title tonight. So somebody bring a somebody better come out here so I can rip your arm off." Corbin can, came can out. Say, huh? Can I say I feel some type of way about? Her wrestling on Monday after she did after they did that chair spot on Sunday. That's don't. So yes, I hate that too. And um, I just got serious serious XM radio, so I was able to listen to Busted Open. And Bully Ray went in depth about that. He said that everything about the beatdown was awesome except for the chair spot because she got up. So I'd rather her that her not step on the chair and crush, yeah, and crush her marks. Take that part out of it. Yeah, and it would have been perfect. So I agree with you 100%. I hate that shit too. But um, so she she called out somebody to come out. Corbin came out and said, I, we can't do this. We're not going to do this now. And she said, well, look, if you don't bring somebody out here to, to fight me, how about I just beat your ass instead? The crowd lost their shit. And Corbin's like, all right, I'm going to get somebody, but we're going to have a new all Women's champion. So they come back from break. Mickey James came out. They had a nice little five-minute match. Ronda won. She got her heat back. She was was cheered again by unanimously by everybody. the The problem with Ronda is Ronda's Twitter game has been killing. Yes, because Becky's Twitter game is legendary right now. But it's not that they it's not that they dislike Ronda. They just like Becky more. And you know we're 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 taught in wrestling that if it's two people, unless it's like two legends. And I love Becky. I'm sorry, but she's not legendary yet. Nope. That uh, you know, somebody gotta be booed, somebody gotta be cheered. So sure. we're gonna over cheer Becky because she's so hot right now. But Rhonda's not being booed because they don't like her. I don't think she's reached that point yet. 
Okay. Um, there's no there's no rebuttal. I'm just curious. I was like, waiting. No, I mean I, I agree with that 100. percent I I think one thing that is Raw fair to like. What's that? That I don't watch Raw enough to care. No, no, that's fair. But I think that <laughs> the thing is, like, we're talking about three people right now, and I feel like we really should kind of include Nia in this conversation. I'm not saying she is on their level, but I feel like I got nod by both of y'all, but like we're not giving any, like she deserves a little credit here because I think first of all, the punch thing, she doesn't get credit for that. Obviously to me, that was an accident, but the way they've, they're using that to her advantage or the way she's using that to her advantage, I think is extremely important I agree because you know what I mean? I think it's a good way for her and like, because everybody's so sensitive about this stuff. We've talked about this kind of thing before. Like everyone's like, it feels like, why are y'all so sensitive about this? Like they don't realize this is like the best thing that could have happened for Naya. And in a lot of ways, it's the best thing that happened for Charlotte because if Becky doesn't get caught in the face, Charlotte stays the lame ass, whatever she is, doesn't get this opportunity to do what she did on Sunday I feel like all of this that happens, even though it was by kind of obviously by chance, works out well for everyone. You know what I mean? Can well, first and foremost, Nia is not going to get mentioned because at the end of the day, she's not going to be a part of this feud. When it comes down to it in March, April, yeah, she's not going to be part of this. Number two, yeah, sure, um, Nia, they, they they've done well with with Garner taking something that was negative and getting heat behind it. But you talk about the sensitivity. Let me explain to you why. It's because it's it's favoritism. Because on on Monday night, Dean Ambrose said that the Shield did terrible things, and they all have to own up to what they did. And Roman is owning up to God for what he did in the Shield. Basically, that God gave him leukemia because he did fucked up things. And yeah, yeah he got some heat, <laughs> but like largely people didn't give a fuck because they like Ambrose and they don't like Roman. But Becky gets clocked in the face one good time, and Nia because they don't like Nia and they like Becky. It's all favoritism. Right. It's more of a consistency issue that you've preached for however long we've been doing this show. You know, just be consistent with that. If you're going to shit on Nia for that, we're not going to not come after Dean necessarily, because who knows who the fuck wrote that for him, you know, but. Yeah. But that's, but that's foul as fuck. And don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's, it's wrestling it's, it's, and I don't. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. No, I said that's real tasteless. It's extremely tasteless. Now, I'm one of those people that it doesn't bother me so much if the person involved okays it. That's why the Paul Heyman thing, when they went after uh, Paul Bearer, was so tasteless because they didn't talk to Paul's son about it. So it was just they just did it. That's why that was filed. I'm pretty sure Roman knows about this, so it's, I'm okay with it, at least in an extent if he's okay with it. But it's super fucking tasteless. It's not the most tasteless thing they've ever said. They had Randy Orton say that Eddie Greer was in hell. Yeah. You know, like a couple months after he died. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document. 
making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. So they blend some tasteless things, but the point is... But in fairness, think, that's something that sounds like something Randy Orton would actually say. It does. You're right. We don't know that Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose, I don't. I, it felt he even like if you watch that, yeah, he almost seems a little disgusted by even saying that. You know what I mean? But to be fair, and I know I, I know we're jumping, guys. I'm sorry, but the 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 Dean Ambrose. If you haven't watched that WWE Chronicle with Dean Ambrose, it's so illuminating. And it, it's, it's a bit of a it's, – it's a little tough to get through because it's a lot of just dialogue and Ambrose isn't the most – I don't want to say articulate, but he is the most verbose guy. Um, he's an introvert. He's a very – he's very introverted in real life. John, John Moxley. John Good is, is yeah. um, introverted. But, uh, but it's so illuminating to see how he thinks about things, even if this is in somewhat kayfabe, um, how the character thinks about things and how he feels about stuff. Um, but I feel like everything he's doing, he hasn't, uh, he doesn't agree with everything he's doing, but he feels compelled to do it. Right. Most interesting thing for me right now with those two is the beef between Corey Graves and Renee Young. When Graves grills her about, Renee, what do you know? Where is he? Where is he? How do, what do you mean you don't know? You know more than you're telling us. Like, well, see, I'm I'm okay with that, but I don't really like when they get announcers involved in the storylines that much. I mean, I get why they're doing it because Renee's married to him, but I yeah. just don't get into that that much. Here's the only issue I have with it. I think Kyle will. I think Kyle will agree with me. I hate to be this guy, but it feels a little sexist because it's pillow talk. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't grill. So if it was. If it was um, Naomi having a real ass beef with uh, shit, any chick, any Charlotte, they wouldn't be like, "Hey Jimmy Uso, what's wrong with your wife?" Right. Yeah. You know? And that's the only issue that I have with it because it feels like it's a well, you're a woman, you need to tell us what's going on with your husband. And not only that, they've actually. Like, it's a good example because with Jimmy and Naomi, we know they're married and we know Renee and Dean are married too, but they play up Jimmy and Naomi's marriage more on TV than they really do Renee and Dean they're, up they're until this point. Yeah, they're a couple in kayfabe too. If that makes sense. You know, they, don't, they haven't really played that up until now. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Renee, what do you know? It's like, that's kind of weird. The first time they ever played it up was when Miz was talking shit to them and Dean came and beat his ass. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, she slapped. Yeah. Renee slapped Miz in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I feel like they play up Naomi and Jimmy a lot more as a couple. And that's why I think your point is valid. Cause it's like all of a sudden we're like, Oh, we're going to grill Renee all of a sudden. And like, I don't know that everybody's necessarily privy to that. Well, you there, know? well there were a couple. I don't necessarily disagree, but again, I don't watch raw consistently. So like it's the little things that interchange. Yeah. They, uh, there are couples in kayfabe. There's couples in real life. Jimmy, Jimmy, and Jimmy and Naomi have been on screen together as a couple. Right. Rusev and Lana are on screen together as a couple. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there are couples. Ms. Maurice. Ms. Like Maurice, if you want to go, yeah. Bree and Brian, when they were together, Cena and Nikki, 
like there are there are couples together on screen and then like there are like uh Roe and Sarah Logan will never be on TV together. They're not a couple in real life. Right. Not a couple in kayfabe, you know what I'm saying? Ty Dillinger and Peyton Royce. Exactly. They yeah. there's never been announced on TV, so they're not a couple on kayfabe. So for all we know, we're talk we're we're about to believe that Peyton and Billy are together. Right. Um and we just we go we've been all over the world today. Do y'all want to talk it's about my fault. It's okay. it's no, my it's fault. Okay, because I mean if we're being perfectly honest, Raw and SmackDown were both kind of meh this week. They were reset shows. They were essentially reset shows. I do like the fact that and we we could talk about Brian uh, and Lesnar for a second if y'all want to. But I, I do I, think it's funny that Daniel Bryan's heel turn was explained as I was in the hyperbaric chamber and I all of a sudden I got I got all my mind back and now I realize that I should be evil. It can't just Daniel, be it can't it couldn't just be that Daniel Bryan's an asshole because he's a vegan or Daniel, was a vegan. I love beats. That's all you had to say. We know you love beats. Everyone else hates them. You're a heel now. The end. Like he could have just done that. Daniel, but really, Daniel Bryan's promo was him turning into Smeagol. That's what it was. <laughs> Referring to himself as the third fucking person, clutching the title and like talking to it. This motherfucker was turning into Smeagol from Lord of the Rings. Actually, I want I do what I want to talk about though. Like I mean. That's all good and dandy. I actually do want to talk about that Brian and Lesnar match. It's one of the only matches I watched. I know I didn't you weren't watch it because I had no interest in it. So, but that's and honestly, you guys get on me about how like you know I don't watch this that and the other, and it's unfortunate and it's hard. It's I think it's a little unfortunate that you didn't watch that match because I think if you watch it, what's interesting about that match, and I don't know, I want when when Brock Lesnar dies, if if I outlive God him, damn. when Brock. When he dies, I hope he donates his brain to science because you always hear about Lesnar. Like when Lesnar gives a shit about a match, he's one best in the world. It's yeah. He's one of the best period. And I have spent countless minutes, hours on this show shitting on Brock Lesnar. And this is one of those instances where I can't because of course Brock Lesnar was going to win. Like if you're actually upset, no offense. I don't know if you're upset about it, Kyle. No, but if you're like, Kyle's issue is he doesn't give a fuck about either one of them right now. So he just so and 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 I love both of you guys very much. So I accept who you are, but I hate that aspect about both of you guys. If Kyle doesn't care about something, he's just not interested enough to watch it. I hate that. Right. But well, here's the thing: I don't care about Brian or Brock either. But I watched that match. Watch it, or would you rather I watch it and then bitch about how much I hate it? I'd rather you watch it and bitch about how much you hate it because if you watch the match, no matter how much you bitch, no matter how much you want to bitch, you'd see that it was a tremendous match. And that's that's my point because I don't care about Brock. Y'all know that. And Brian is not really. Things are a lot lot better than you expected it to be. Was so well done, and I think. It makes me wonder why I talk about donating Lesnar's brain to science is why does he care so much about Brian? Does he care about that yeah. match because Brian wanted that match so badly for a while or whatever? It's like a dream match of his, you know, like, cause he didn't give any fucks in like matches against Braun Strowman, you know, oh, guys right. like that. Some, ah, uh, I thought he enjoyed working with Joe. I thought you could like, he let Joe get some that's shit in. That's true. Maybe, at least. maybe it is just Braun. Maybe he just doesn't like Braun. <laughs> maybe not. But the thing is like, the thing that was that match is so perfect because in no world are you thinking Brian is going to beat Brock Lesnar. Of course not. But the way the match was structured so that he could have a shot was really, really good. I really like, I just thought it was perfect. And so it makes me just wonder about Brock Lesnar sometimes. It's like, I hate you because you don't, you're not here that much. And 
Paul Heyman cuts the same fucking promo all the time. And you don't say shit. But then you have this match against Daniel Bryan, and all of a sudden I'm like, damn, if we got this Brock Lesnar, like, every time, and even if it was only once every couple months, if we got this Brock Lesnar, I would be so on board with the Brock Lesnar title reign. You, you know what it reminds me of? What's that? And I hope this is a fair analogy. It's probably not. It's probably off in some way. Somebody's going to say that, but... <laughs> um, Lesnar likes fighting smaller people because he can bump for them, and they can bump for sure. him. Sure. Right. It reminds me of Undertaker, like in his in the middle of his career, because Taker always was made to fight all the giants and had to be the bumper. Yeah. Taker's best matches are with guys smaller than him. Sure. Mysterio and Guerrero and Angle and um, Michaels and even to an extent Triple H, because Undertaker essentially is this is gonna sound crazy as shit a seven foot cruiserweight, right? Undertaker, in a lot of ways, yeah. Undertaker's best, the best thing about him as a wrestler was he was more, he was so much more agile and nimble than he should be for a 6'10", 320 pound dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is why those sure. matches are so great. So I feel like with Brock, when he has to fight a bigger guy, it has to be power Brock and I got to do this and do that. But when he wrestles AJ, when he wrestles Brian, and he truly respects those people as wrestlers and people, and, and I think people. I think he really does like like those guys. Like he'll bump he'll bump his ass off for him. Like when he hit the Busiaku knee, like he flew across the damn ring. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, I mean, when Brian was hitting those kicks while he was just down on the ground, and Brian hits that one kick in the face, and that second kick in the face, Brock sold it like he just got hit with a brick. And I'm and, like, all right, you know, like. And can we say this? And Rick is gonna hate this. I'm sorry. When when he gives a fuck, we've admitted that he's one he's one of the best in the world. But Brock yes. Lesnar is easily one of the three best sellers in wrestling. I would not disagree with you at because all. He sells everything like he got shot. Yeah, he does. I I don't disagree. And that's the thing. The thing is, like, I loved Brock when he was in WWE originally. In the beginning, like, uh, Brock was one of my favorites. But, like, we as we've all known with this run, they've made him out to be who he is. And so it's just so interesting to see that, like, he gets in the ring with Braun Strowman – and Braun gets a kick in, and now all of a sudden he gets in the ring with someone like Brian. But also, you know. that's also the producers producing the match too. And I think I want to say Kyle said this, and I, if it wasn't you, I'm going to give it to you anyway because it was really poignant. But uh, I believe he said that last week that the reason that so many of the diehards are so upset with Brock and how he's portrayed and booked in so much is because if you've seen him when he gave a fuck, then you see how. Sure. how depressing it is when he does it that may yeah i mean that's it's true for those of us who actually grew up watching 22 year old brock lesnar out there you know and understanding what he's capable of you go back and watch brock lesnar versus kurt angle at wrestlemania you'll know brock, brock and eddie right uh, i mean oh my god brock even the brock big show matches oh sure yeah i mean that's 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 kind of I think the ring the first time. Yes. When I when I when I say I hate Brock, I don't mean it like. No, we we you know all, what I mean. We all we all understand we're tired of the same old, same old, same old. The formulaic, you know, eat, sleep, repeat. Yeah. It's very to me. It's a lot. It's a, in a lot of ways. It's a little bit like Randy Orton because when Randy Orton gives oh, a Randy shit. Randy Orton, just go away. Listen, when Randy Orton cares, Randy Orton is the man. 
When Randy yeah. Orton does not care, Randy Orton is not the man. You but know Randy what I mean? Orton like doesn't have only three spots he does in a match. That's true. That's fair. Go away, Randy Orton. Literally. Listen, no. Randy Orton hit a sweet RKO on Tuesday. That was beautiful. And I ain't hear nothing about it. You're right. That was a really sweet spot. But you know what? Randy and Ray and Jeff can all take their geriatric asses the fuck <laughs> off my TV. Uh, I'm not going to get after Ray like that because he yet. looks pretty fucking good not right yet. now. Give, give it to Randy. Randy and Ray can both still go, but I have no use for either of them in 2018. Now, Jeff Hardy, he got to go. Someone's oh, got to put him, put him in a coffin and deliver his ass to the wrestling gods. I'm done. Are you saying that he needs to be deleted? I wish. I, I no, I'm saying that Jeff has literally slowly faded away and should classify himself <laughs> as obsolete. Obsolete. Very good. Well done. Him and the Big Show both like, like that's what I'm saying. Like Randy and Ray can both still go, but like. Those guys, I've got no use for them, and I don't like the way that they're, like, clogging up the mid-card of SmackDown. Let me ask you this. Just a quick question, then. Because I, I find this interesting. What are your thoughts? And I, I don't know your thoughts on everybody, Kyle. We don't talk very much. We should talk more. You know? Holler at me whenever you want to. Yeah, I have but, numbers. I'm just saying. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there a reason why? I'm just curious. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Is there a reason why Randy and Ray bother you so much? Like, it's to the point where you have no use for them? Randy what is it about them? Randy in particular. Randy in particular. Okay, it's 2018. Randy has been a consistent part of the card since, like, 2003. Right. And for a good portion of that, he was headlining every fucking show. Sure. So and answer I'm, me this, though, I'm then. Just, fatigued on randy orton and i have I get that no care to see him at all in any capacity in the ring in but is that randy's fault i didn't i'm not saying it's randy's fault i've oh. never once said fuck randy orton as a human being i mean i'm not here for his maga shit right at right, right, right. but like no it's not randy's fault i just want the younger generation to have that spot on the card. So what are your thoughts about like someone like AJ Styles, who's 40 ish, you know, and he's consistently been the WWE champ for the last year and a half. So first of all, first of all, if you listen to our show, Carl, you know, I don't, you just say that. Cause you know, I don't, I've been out here in these streets talking about AJ need to drop the title. So like that's number one, but number two, the difference with AJ is, at least within the WWE, AJ hasn't been there for 15 fucking years. So for for you, it's more about just that WWE universe itself more than anything else. Yeah. Not so much the fact that AJ was been around forever. Go to fucking New Japan or some shit. Like, like, I'm not saying that he ever would, but if he were to go somewhere different and, like, do his same shit with different fucking people. Right, right. I could be here for that, but I'm done with Randy in the WWE. Well, I will say this. One thing I don't like about what they do with Randy is they keep him with old hats. So Randy's feuding with Mysterio, and then before that it was Jeff Hardy. It honestly, is making it worse for me because I'm just like, dude, I saw all of these feuds 12 years ago. But the re- – okay. So let me be let – me... I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I start stopped you. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, I saw all of these feuds right now on SmackDown in 2009, because I'm a SmackDown Mark. Right. I've been a SmackDown Mark since the first brand split. 
So for me, I'm just like, oh, so we're just completely rehashing 2009. So maybe if they ran Randy with different people that were more like younger in it. Randy. No. Oh, okay. So it didn't matter what they do with Randy. Randy. They could run Randy versus Johnny Gargano or Aleister Black or Champa, and you're not here for it. Wouldn't care. Done with Randy. That makes me sad because I'd be here for that. But go ahead. I understand what you're you're getting at. So let me say this and be Rance in how I'm always, always am. Let me defend Randy in just this one instance. This current heel iteration of him right now, I love what he's doing because he essentially is erasing everything that makes all of the fan favorites them. He tried to literally erase Jeff's face paint and his charismatic and nimble persona. He was sick of Todd Dillinger doing the 10 chant, so he broke his fingers. He took the mask off of Ray. He's trying to eliminate all of the positive things of all the faces and make him our truth. I don't know, dog. I don't, maybe he's gonna give him a book and teach him how to and like teach him. I was gonna say how to read. That's racist. <laughs> That'd be Floyd Mayweather, book. not not our truth. Come on. Character of himself. Like, let's be real. He I is. really love. I think I hadn't really given that much thought to the, to what to the way Randy was kind of erasing people. So what you're saying is. If we finally get a good long AJ Styles Randy Orton feud, he's gonna cut AJ's hair, right? Essentially, that yeah. fucking soccer mom haircut. Essentially, that might be what he goes after. Yeah, I'm so full circle. He's the legend killer again. He is. He's come so full circle. He's the legend killer again. The thing is, he's all of legend. the people from his generation are legends now, and he is. So how are you the yeah. legend killer when you're the legend? So you legend like, kill the other legend so you can yeah. be the only legend. It's like Survivor. I like Randy Orton still. I don't like Randy Orton. I like Randy Orton in WWE. Kyle, isn't that a isn't that a, a Greek mythology thing where like didn't one of the gods kill all the other gods because he wanted to be the only one alive or something? Bro, in Greek mythology, all the gods have killed all the other gods at least once or twice. Are you talking about Greek mythology or Marvel? Like it's all the same shit. I mean. I don't like the way you said Marvel, okay? Here what I, I like said. said that. Um Uh so well, you know what? I think this is a good time to go off on a quick tangent and cede the floor to my my golden lover's brethren Kyle by bringing us to everybody's favorite segment. Watch Carl shit on a Ring of Honor. So Kyle. So the latest in um the sad sad story of Ring of Honor is that um even more of their talent are being courted by the WWE. Um, specifically, it's being reported now that uh, ACH is pretty much a lock to sign with the WWE and go to NXT. Um, and then there are also some rumors that Silas Young, the last real man, might um, also be interested in signing with WWE when his contract expires at the end of the year. Um when you couple that with the reports about some of the trademarking being done by members of the elite that seem to point to them potentially starting their own company when their deals all expire at the end of the year. And um, Ring of Honor has become the geek squad of wrestling. Like, this company is such a fucking dumpster fire, and I don't even know how to fix it at this point. Are you talking about TNA? No, Ring of Honor. No, I'm here's, kidding, because you said dumpster fire, so I'll automatically go to TNA. No, but here's the sad thing. 
TNA's got more long-term, like, at least I can see where TNA is going to be in five years. I don't where? know what the Ring of Honor is doing this time next year. They're going to be the same. TNA is going to be the same place they've been in for the last decade. TNA is the cockroach of wrestling. Real Not life. paying their employees, I guess. Well, they pay them now. They, they pay the Canadian money. Nice. Nice. Thank What's that exchange rate? I'll go look it up real quick. Hey, they're getting paid. Like, Ring of Honor is just... The people that run Ring of Honor itself, I think, know what they're doing. But Ring of Honor is being bankrolled by fucking morons. And they don't know how to properly invest in the company. And so it's being run like like the worst kind of Bush League. MLW has more momentum than Ring of Honor right now. MLW. Speaking of MLW, shout out to my boy Shane Swerve Strickland, possibly signing with NXT. That's a big move. I mean, if we're going to mention MLW and just give shout outs, I'll give a shout out to MJF just because, like, he's MJF. I'll give a shout out to MLW. I honestly couldn't even tell you what those three initials stand for. Major League Wrestling, sir. Don't worry about it, Carl. Don't hurt I won't. Me. I will not worry about that keep, at hey, all. Keep the gimmick alive, brother. Keep the gimmick alive. Gimmick? Are we sure? <laughs> can we talk about Can we talk about all elite wrestling and talk about the fact that they're probably going to use my business plan I gave to them on how to beat Vince? <laughs> sure, Rams. Take all the credit. I will. It was all you all along. Well, no, that doesn't, say, that doesn't sound like rants to be very Austin. egotistical. It was me all along, Austin. Wait, wait a minute. Are you? Were you being sarcastic? Who are you talking to me? Fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> I am not egotistical. Okay. Rants is oh. out here on Twitter arguing with everybody. Uh, I love my favorite thing about you, Rance, is when I get on Twitter and I see you've responded to someone, I'm like, oh, it's a fight. Like, it's an <laughs> argument. Like, I don't even, like, you tweet something, like, like, it's just you tweeting, fine. But when I see that you've replied to someone, I'm like, oh, he's arguing with someone. Rance never responds to anybody. It's like, you know what? That's a great point, brother. <laughs> it's always something else. But if it's a great point, I don't have to say say it's a great point. I just give him the good old like. Well, sometimes, sometimes we want, to, we need to hear it. I don't think it's we. I think it's you. It is. I wish you would say more nice things to me. Okay. Carl, well, are you asking us to give you more positive affirmation? I, I mean, it's one of the love languages, right? Isn't that one of the love languages, like positive affirmation or whatever? Get, I mean, I, I thought your love language was Ricky. Well, that might be so. Shout out. By the way, we should change, we should change uh, the name of our show from... The Outsider's Edge to Ricky's Harem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to. I want to talk about the All Elite Wrestling, but I want to talk about um, the what? That's the name of the company, essentially. All Elite Wrestling. Oh, the Young Bucks and yeah. But I want to talk blah. about what you're talking about. Um, what you were talking about the argument, quote unquote, I had. Um, so there was a tweet from Brian Maxwell Mann. If you don't know who Brian Maxwell Mann is, he is a, uh, a former uh, WWE writer. Um, and he, uh, and he's been pretty successful in, in um, you know, TV and stuff like that. But he did a series of tweets 
And my next column, which should be out probably the day after Thanksgiving, uh, it's going to be about this, but I'm going to read the, the thread, okay? And Kyle, I mean, you haven't talked about this. I want to get your opinion live on the air. Why the blame the fans narrative is wrong. A thread. If you look at the wrestling industry as a whole, creative has never been better. NXT is can't miss. New Japan Pro Wrestling is on fire. Lucha Underground is pushing the boundaries. Major League Wrestling is making new stars. Even Impact is delivering at the moment. Thanks to social media, it has never been easier for, for a promotion to connect with their audience and get real-time feedback from them. Trends can be spotted more easily and earlier. Ciampa's Twitter game is a major reason he's, he's NXT champ today. WWE has all the makings for another boom period. A fantastic crop of talent and unrivaled infrastructure to deliver their product. However, largely because they are a monopoly and don't feel the effects of their decisions overnight, they fumble a lot of opportunities. WWE can learn a lot from Marvel. For decades, movie studios mistreated Marvel properties because they knew better, quote-unquote, when it came to mainstream entertainment. Complex worlds were reduced to digestible stories because only nerds, quote-unquote, cared about all that stuff. Then Marvel started making their own movies. They applied the same tools that created a generation of comic book fans to the big screen and converted even more people into passionate consumers of the brand. Extending this metaphor to WWE, NXT is Marvel, while the main roster is the big movie studio. Triple H has created a loyal customer base by scaling a niche product, quote-unquote, to the masses. Meanwhile, Vince doubled down on the idea that he knows best, quote-unquote, when, when it came to the mainstream. The result of this has been the slow bleed of casual fans to other properties or just general disinterest. So, WWE is left with the hardcore audience so jaded that they look past 90% of the booking to develop direct connections with the performers because it's more believable. These takeover weekends have really exposed Vince's incompetence. Two shows, same building, same audience, and same production. One gets over and one doesn't. Keep that in mind next time someone says, quote-unquote, blame the fans these days. TLDR, real talk conclusion, blaming the fans for rejecting a product they do not like is some Russo shit, and you'd hope, you'd hope a publicly traded multinational company will be above that. That's real heavy on hyperbole. Yep. Like, real heavy on hyperbole. Because... Um, a lot of those companies aren't as can't miss as he's making them out to be. Absolutely. Um, that's number one. Um, number two, nobody who produces a weekly episodic show should strive to be like Marvel and the retcon continuity clusterfuck that <laughs> is most of their properties. Um like they've had to do how many special events where they've completely reset the MC or like the the Marvel universe? Well, you talk. I don't about, know. I'm not big that big of a nerd, but you're yeah, talking comics. I, I imagine he's speaking of Marvel, the MCU, in terms of uh, movies. Which you is, that they're about to completely retcon with the uh, next Infinity War movie? Sure, but to be fair, it's been 26 movies, so it's not like overnight. But yes, you're right. I'm just saying, like. You're right, though. You are right, yes. Comic books, comic book worlds can easily be changed. Like if Scarlet Witch got her real powers from the comics, she'd be able to just completely change reality with the blink. So, yes, 
that's not the best thing to. Uh, you're right. But keep going. Scarlet Witch, call me so we can change reality. I'm I'm ready. I'm not living in Arkansas anymore. That's all I'm saying. Make reality great again. <laughs> yes. No, but, but please continue if you have anything else. I want you. To, I, I want to get y'all's opinions on this because you'll get my full opinions in column form. But please, anything else you got? I mean, I think there's always blame to go around. Um, I, I don't think it's completely fair to blame the fans for everything. But at the same time, like, let's not sit here and pretend that there haven't been shows where the fans have acted like little bitches and completely hijacked the shows. Um, so, like, the fans can be real petty, too. It feels like... So, we, we as a matter of fact, I think the last time I was on this show, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Like, I, I don't... First of all, I disagree with the thread that you read out and just in general. Like, the fans are going to get some blame, okay? Like, you can't tell me that fans aren't fickle as fuck. We heard for for how long that a guy like Roman Reigns was actually disliked. People hated Roman Reigns. And then the second, the second, he's talking about having a life-threatening disease, all of a sudden, thank you, Roman. Nah. Like, and that's my problem. Like, I don't want to blame fans for everything. Because you should like what you like. I get it. You paid a ticket. You paid for the ticket. Enjoy yourself. If you want to chant some shit, I don't care. Don't be like Enzo Amore and come out in disguise. Oh, and like, Talk you about know. Of the week, Enzo Amore. Fuck that. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, you know, if you're not causing a ruckus and you're just having fun, I go to shows and, you know, I boo shit and cheer for shit and have a good time. You know, but I don't, as far as the cheers and stuff go, it's fine. You bought the ticket, fine, do your thing. However, don't be mad when you were a part of the movement that chanted for the clock when Seth Rollins finally got his big match that everybody wanted to see. He was the main event. And all of a sudden you're going every 30 seconds. You know, do that and have fun doing that. I can live with that. But don't turn around the next day and be mad when they are like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't go with Seth Rollins now. You know what I mean? So there's, it's it's very 50-50, I think. There's a little bit of a line there. Like, there's no, you can't blame the fans for everything. That's ridiculous. You know, but you can definitely get after them for some things because they're fickle. Shayna Baszler said it the other day. The fans are fickle. You know, they just, they don't, it's, it's moments more than anything else, I feel like. It's more like in the moment. It's easy to get a part of that, to like be a part of something. All of a sudden you hear everyone booing Ronda Rousey and you're like, yeah, boo. It's like it's like when your old grandparent watches Fox News and they hear about the caravan and they're like, yeah, that caravan. It doesn't affect me at all, that thing. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is, you know? So, yeah. So, I still have good thoughts even though I don't watch wrestling. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go too, too in-depth with everything because I want you all to read the column, but I'm going to give you two two reasons why I think that that, that entire thread is extremely short, short-sighted and, and, off the, and off the mark. First and foremost, to, what, to echo what Kyle said, um, the other companies he mentioned, while largely liked by a lot of the IWC, isn't they're not perfect. In fact, a lot of the times those other companies make decisions 
that go directly against what the IWC or the diehard fans want. Number one, Johnny Gargano turning heel. Nobody wanted that. But they gave it time because they feel some type, fans feel some type of respect or this unwritten um, ability to give them the chance to tell stories that they don't give to WWE because WWE has been the king for so long. Uh, but in New Japan, uh, when we had the New Japan episode with Jeremy, all the complaints about the westernization and the Bullet Club saga, right? That's not something a lot of fans were happy about. But you know what? It is what it is. So that's off in that because just saying that WWE is making decisions that people aren't with isn't fair when all the companies are doing it. It's just WWE's getting the heat. Number two, I think it's asinine to have a symbiotic relationship where the company builds, the company creates stars, does this, fans come to watch it, and they do their job. And for you to say one person, one party is right, all is wrong all the time, all the time, but the other party can never be right, but never, never be wrong. That's just not how science and life works. Everybody has accountability, and I hate this idea about us as a society where people want to act like they have, they don't need to have any accountability for anything they say or do. I hate that. Fans have, fans have an air of account, have an air of accountability for the things that they do. We all do. We should. It is just factual. So, you know, when Shinsuke Nakamura is kicking AJ Styles in the dick night after night after night after night, and you're still singing his theme song, what are you expecting them to do? You know what I mean? When Randy Orton is literally rubbing the face paint off of Jeff Hardy and ripping his ear open, and you're standing there doing the Randy Orton chant, or Kevin Owens is headbutting a 70-year-old man, and you're saying, thank you, thank you, thank Like, what What do you expect? We have an air of accountability. And yes, I, I'm not going to ever say that you should, you know, you, you should swallow your voice. You shouldn't express how you feel this, that, and the other. I'm not saying that. I'll never say that. But understand that you play a part in why things happen negatively just as much as you think you do positively. You hate, you think Ronda's, you think Ronda's, uh, promos have been shitty but and becky's promos have been great but the same people writing the promos you know what i mean so that's my only that's my i don't want to go too too far deep in with that no i mean that's a good point i I think you hit it pretty pretty well we all like it's it's funny because the whole terminology at least for wwe is the wwe universe included in that universe is the wrestlers the commentators Vince McMahon and the fans were all part of that. Right. So it, it, it only makes sense that in any universe, everyone's actions, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, it's a summation yeah. of everything. Symbiotic. It's all together. Yeah. I mean, you, you, everything kind of works in heart, not in harmony, but like this reaction is, you know, leads to that. It's, it's just, I don't understand why there's this whole idea of like, we shouldn't be like no one should ever come after us for anything. Oh, it's because so nobody ever wants to be wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's fair. I'm, I don't, I can't relate because I'm never wrong, but I get where you're coming from. So, you want to you want to put a bow on it, Kyle? Um, yeah, we can take it to we can take it to the crib. Um, yeah, uh, and just for the record, I, I want to kind of reiterate the fact that all elite wrestling. 
we don't know who who uh, set the who filed for the trademark. We don't know anything about it other than the fact that it was trademarked in Jacksonville, which is where, of course, Shahid Khan and his son live. It's called All Elite Wrestling. The Elite's called The Elite. One of the shows is called uh, All Elite All Out or something like that, and the other is called Double or Nothing. It just makes a lot of sense. That is a, a, a potential game changer, positive or negative, if it happens. That's a billionaire joining forces with essentially the hottest group in wrestling and Chris Jericho, who is Chris Jericho, a legend. So, yeah, <laughs> as we know more, we'll talk about that more. But there's nothing really to talk about yet. I just wanted to kind of announce it. But, uh, yeah, man, y'all got anything else you want to talk about before we got here? Uh, maybe the upcoming show that we're going to have pretty soon in yeah. a few days. Well, that's, that's actually your show, so you go ahead and explain it. Yeah, I'm going to moderate some stuff. It's going to be great. Looking forward to it. All right. I still don't, I don't even recall all the details. I'm going to be uh, bullshitting. It's going to be great. So you're basically going to be you. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone is going to, we're going to have the whole crew. It's going to be Ricky and Clive. It's going to be Kyle. It's going to be Rance. It's going to be me. And everyone is going to basically have their own brand and essentially do the state of each brand. And we're going to talk about that and kind of just whoever has 205 Live is going to have to talk about why their brand is best. So good luck with that shit. But, you know, whoever has Raw is in trouble as well. It's essentially a mock political debate. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm actually going to research terrible questions that I could ask. And I'm going to research softball questions for people I like. So Ricky is in great shape. Um, He's in great shape anyway. He's got NXT. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I guess we could tell you guys right now. But I have Raw. Kyle has SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah. Ricky has NXT. And because he's Mr. 205, Rick, uh, Clive, Brian has, uh, Clive has 205. Essentially, and, essentially, the Americans are getting the shaft on this one because they're in trouble. Especially Rance. He's in trouble. Come on. No. Okay. Although, I'll say this 205 Live is just, nah. Like, uh, there's no, and, like, General manager, their general manager is getting AOPP chance. It's a good thing that I'm not judging because I wouldn't even listen to 205 Live's arguments, probably. Y'all, y'all tripping. I truly believe that 205 could win this thing. But y'all, but y'all know me very, very well enough to know, and I, I hate this, but it's, this is true. I am a – I was about to say something really disparaging. I'm a, I'm a really good debater. Yeah, you're good. The problem is you don't have Roman Reigns anymore. Okay. So you're in trouble. That's fine. And and I, I don't even think you can stand for the uh, Raw Tag Division. Give you'll you'll see Friday. You 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 to you to champion for the Lucha Booties. Yo, if it, if it's to win something, hell yeah. I I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I know Rance is like looking at Raw. And he's like, God damn it. I gotta defend these motherfuckers. Like, I did, I did have talking a lot about Drew McIntyre, I think, and that maybe it. I did have a couple facepalm moments when I was thinking about this. Yes. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that, though. Yeah. It'll be a fun moderation it's for the guy who doesn't watch. Y'all are gonna have to convince me to watch wrestling again. That should be the name of the show: Convince Carl to watch wrestling again. Nobody would ever win. Convince That's true. WWE to book Luke Harper again. Yeah. Someone we needed someone to just defend like just the women's division. That's it. 
the women of wrestling. I mean, if we just talked the women's division, we would have more fun because the women's division's got all the best shit right now. Yeah. Maybe next year we'll do divisions instead of shows. That might be a yeah, just something different. Anyways, that's good. I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be fun. Like 2019, the year tag teams matter again. Yeah. Good luck. Shout shout out to the homie Greg Demarco for his hashtag. He's doing save tag team wrestling. <laughs> save tag team wrestling. Oh gosh, breaking my heart with the tag team wrestling. And it has ebbs and flows. We're just waiting on another transcendent tag team to uh, kind of wait till the undisputed Eric is called up, and then it's gonna be a different game. I hope so. Um, well, yeah, we get we got here then. Uh, Kyle, tell them where they can find you, brother. Find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. Carlton? <laughs> was that it? That was quick. Uh, find me on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. I tweet about things that I don't care about. Fuck you, Rance. Yeah, that's okay. This column coming out in the next five years. You know what? I've decided to stop that gimmick because it's never fucking happening, fellas. Like, if I ever write a column, I'll actually say it. I'm like, I wrote one. I swear to God, it's there. Here's the link. I'll do the dots and the, the backslashes and all the... Nobody's going to believe it. Nope. They're going to think they're getting rickrolled. Nobody's going to believe it. I'll get two views. You and Kyle. <laughs> well, does my view count? Go because we would be checking to make sure that it's actually there. True. And then you guys could verify to everyone else that it exists. And I don't see this link. It's real. And I don't know that my view will count because normally I'm your proofreader, so I don't know if my view will count. That's true. Um, you can follow me at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can follow the show at Outsiders Edge S-S. We are a proud member of the Social Suplex Network where you can find at Social Suplex with all the wonderful shows. We are also a part of the Chair Shot Radio where you do what, Kyle? Always use your head. At thechairshot.com. I also host the flagship show of Chairshot Radio Network, Chairshot Radio, which we are starting to do live shows on Sunday, so holla at your boy. Um, I do write columns, actually, unlike my brethren. Um, So, I have released two columns that I'm calling the business plan columns. You can find those on Chairshot. I should have uh, the one about this the thread I mentioned on Friday. Check that out. It'll be coming out soon. Um, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You know, that's coming up. That's kind of big. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, let me not say that because I want to keep my viewers. Yeah. Um, no, Cowboys suck. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah. Am I missing something else? <clears throat> All right. Am I missing anything? Was that it? Uh-huh. No, everything. Um, the only other thing we got to tell our viewers is that we here on Outsider's Edge are just some relatively young men out here doing what we can to make it in this world and if we said anything today that you didn't like or that you disagreed with or that got you all up in your feelings just remember that we're out here chasing our dreams you've got to respect that but if you don't we don't give a fuck Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch y'all next week.